The Inside Vegas Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Have you ever wanted to place a bet but didn't because you were afraid to pick the wrong team? This Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. With the Turkey Day free play, you can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, MyBookie will give you your money back up to $250 on your bet. You really cannot lose, no risk all gravy. Look, no rollovers here as well. One-time rollover. So if that bet loses, you get your two hundred up to $250 back into your account. You can put that right back into play. If that bet wins, you can go ahead and cash out. But why would you? Over at mybookie.ag. We are also brought to you by Oddshark. Get free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as data-driven editorial content and the latest odds for every big game and big fight on all major online sports books. Follow them on Twitter at Oddshark and check them out online at Oddshark com. Lastly, we are brought to you by Profit. If you're tired of having no true hedging option, you should download betprofit.co today. Profit allows you to sell whatever percentage of your bet you want to in seconds, guaranteeing profit while also keeping some skin in the game on your original bet. Profit calculates the optimal selling price and percentage of your bet for you, making it a no-brainer. Profit is modeled after financial trading platforms, allowing users to see trends, stats, news, and media relating to their bets all on one modern, more user-friendly platform. Again, sign up today for early access. That's betprofit.co. Welcome into a special Turkey Day edition of the Inside Vegas podcast. I hope you guys are listening to this on a commute to go hang out with friends, family, whatever the case may be. Uh, and I hope your Turkey Day is a successful one on the betting front. Please don't let it ruin your evenings. No no one likes a degenerate gambler throwing around the turkey more uh, than than someone who just came off a loss, whether it be on, on Dak Prescott laying seven and a half or it looks like be Chase Daniels. Uh, so please, as always, bet in moderation, have fun on Thanksgiving. Sometimes in life, there's there's more important things out there than a backdoor cover, although it does make your turkey day a little bit more successful. So for this edition, we are going back to the well with a, the same guest as week two, first repeat uh, for the 2018 NFL NCAA season. We are bringing back on Eric Rosenthal. Eric, uh, if you guys remember, is a professional prop player, uh, a DFS lineup provider. Uh, he's done a ton of great uh, great stuff in the space. He is currently hosts his own podcast on Sports Handle called Cover City. Has had some unbelievable guests on there. Mike Clay, professional after professional, some of the biggest names in the world. Um, and you can always follow him on Twitter at Eric Sports. So we're going to be breaking down basically the Turkey Day upcoming slate on Thursday for Thanksgiving, the Sunday NFL slate, and the week that was in the NFL. We talk about the Monday night uh, game. I mean, 100 points of offense. And we talk about what that means for moving forward and what odds makers have to do to try to adjust. And if they aren't doing enough, how to take advantage of that. Also look into some trends when it comes to really high totals that I think you guys will find very, very interesting because one of them applies for Thursday night in that Atlanta uh, and Saints game lined at 60. So we'll give you some nice trends that back a position. And of course, uh, we really do again have two consensus best bets. Last week was one and one The official one did lose uh, Michael Thomas coming up, I believe four yards short. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott did come in. Same thing this week. We give you guys one prop bet. 
uh, in one spread bet uh, or a teaser bet, the 4A consensus best bet. Hope you guys enjoy. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Give us some nice Thanksgiving day love, something to be thankful for. Um, Again, hope you guys have a great holiday. Talk soon. And now joining me on the Inside Vegas podcast, first repeat guest of the podcast, I guess maybe White Whale um, has been on more than one. First one for the NFL and NCAA season. Coming in hot with a Thanksgiving Day weekend with Eric Rosenthal. As always, you can find him on Twitter at Eric Sports. Does a ton of stuff in the space. I, I think the claim to fame is you once had more uh, Twitter followers than Jose Altuve, our friend Sean Links, to always put out there. Um, done some, you know, worked with uh, both sides of the counter, both in the prop market, um, doing DFS stuff, as well as um, hosting some podcasts in the space on Cover City. So um, we'll give you tons of time to plug that stuff. But Eric, what's going on in your Thanksgiving Day week, man? Well, I'm excited for uh, you know three games on Thanksgiving and uh, exciting NFL week. I missed the second half of Rams versus chiefs and i want to cry <laughs> you know you were telling me off air you were coaching a high school team you sure that wasn't those two defenses or what man <laughs> yeah well i mean I, the sad thing is uh, because the game moved from mexico they've given out basically free tickets to everybody in southern california like legitimately could have gone for free no problem but i was coaching instead uh but man I, i've seen the highlights i'm gonna watch the full game uh sometime today um but i can get it in and just what a game. Yeah, man. Do you, um, philosophically wise, um, are you, I mean, as somebody that comes from a prop and DFS background, I feel like I know the answer to this, but are you more of a, someone that loves the offense or thinks it's, you know, the get off my lawn moment of it's a awful league. It's bad for it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I love the offense and I love the innovation. I mean, those two teams are showing what football, the way football should be played in 2018. And it shows you which teams are stuck in the, 90s the way they, they coach in football it's crazy man to think about this and i don't want to sound kind of i'm going to lead in with the stat here in a second when we talk about this because we, we can kind of bridge it into thursday but there's a thought process out there and again not to sit here and tell you that i've i've um, completely you know cracked the code on nfl books and handicapping and odds makers um because you know full disclosure i took a loss on that game last night um basically my only play in it was todd Gurley over 99 rushing yards being a kc basically bottom three dvoa bottom three rushing yards allowed um, and Gurley just doing girly things. Um, and so I was basically on the only piece of that offense that didn't move last night. And with that being said, is, is it to the point where you have to look at this and say that bookmakers have not caught up to this and they should be setting college totals when you look at, you know, in Oklahoma and Oklahoma state, those totals are, you know, 74, 78. I mean, they're even creeping up now, but the past couple of years, they've been in the seventies, right? You know, the 68 total in the, in the big twelves are, are very, very real. Um, do you think, and again, I mean, so this is the stat I'm going to lead with just cause I think it kind of illustrates the point here as to the fact of how bookmakers maybe are not, um, kind of, you know, um, catching up to what the NFL is becoming. So there's been now 13 games in NFL history to close with a total of 58 and higher. The record after last night now stands at 10, two and one. Um, so what do you make of that? And that, is it just, okay, you see that stat, you have to go over until it really gets corrected up into the sixties to the seventies. Um, again, you, you can't set a total in the eighties, nineties is, is what would have taken to get an under last night. Right. Um, even that wouldn't have really come in. So what do you take as that as someone who's kind of worked, you know, on both sides of the counter and stuff like that? Yeah, I think people don't on the bookmaking side don't know what to do in, this, in these, these situations, um, these super unique situations, and they think games always go over. I think the professionals on the betting side tend to bet under, and they they just lose. Um, I think we just saw last night, like no matter where they set that total, it was going to go over. Like I also I, real quickly, 
say they say they set the total at a hundred, right? They just before the game they put over under a hundred. How much would you have bet on the under? Uh, you know what, man? There was they a college like said, you know what? The game's moving from Mexico to LA. We're changing it from sixty three and a half to one hundred and a half. Well, listen to this. Under. There was a total. I think it was two years ago. It was Oregon and Cal, and the total was the highest in NCAA history. I want to say it was eighty eight, and it took overtime, but it still went over. And so, to me, like. If that total had been lined at like say seventy eight, I would have hit, I would have played the over more than I would have at sixty two. If that makes any sense at all. <laughs> oh come on, hundred. Would you have taken out a loan about the under? No, I wouldn't have, man. I really wouldn't have. At a hundred, I wouldn't have. <laughs> well, that just shows you. Well, I guess all you need to know right there, then, because uh, I would have lost big time if they said it at hundred. <laughs> but maybe I learned my lesson now. These games are just, it's a different sport. I mean, you were looking in the live market last night. There was times the total crept up, obviously. So you saw the nineties. It went through the nineties. It was like a live one Oh five one, like one Oh one, I think is what it peaked at. Um, cause I was watching it just out of entertainment factor, see how high this thing could get. Um, and yeah, I mean, every one of them would have lost. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. Um, what do you make of that trend? Is it just that odds makers aren't, I mean, again, is it just, you can't set a total literally in the eighties, nineties, because you know, you're going to create a liability for yourself on the other side. Um, or what do you think odds makers can do moving forward? Yeah. Too, too slow to catch up to today's NFL. Um, for sure. Uh, we've seen it for, with Pat Mahomes since the beginning of the season. They just, it's just a different brand of football and it's hard when this happens to realize it. Wow, it's happening. Um, hopefully, it's not too late now to take advantage from the betting side. But um, yeah, I think bookmakers are they rely on their numbers and their historical data, and there is no historical data for hundred point football games where today's are throwing bombs over all over the field. Um, it's just different. Yeah, I love that take, man, because I've long been on the in the camp of odds makers are much like professional handicappers. And when I talk about this, the the old guard versus the new guard, it's the same thing with odds makers as is handicappers, right? The power the the old school power ranking power numbers guys are, it's no secret, not having a very good NFL the past three, four years. They're always going to take that value. They're always going to take the Browns. They're always going to do, you know, take Nathan Peterman at double digits at home. The old school sharps are always going to do those things. And when you look to the other side of the counter, uh, odds makers and bookmakers are always going to do the same exact things. And so I think there's a real kind of opportunity here. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? You can take the props over again. I, I hate to say, uh, tell you sound like I'm telling people what to do after, after me looking stupid with my hat in my hand with only having girly last night. Um, but you can take props over. I mean, both team totals came over by a mile. Um, that's another thing I wanted to kind of bring up with you having some experience out there, the team totals. So for anyone that doesn't know, implied team totals, when you have an over under, it basically is cut in half minus the spread. So that's going to give you your implied team total. The line was only Rams minus three, yet the team totals was Rams uh, 33 and a half and Kansas City 28 and a half, obviously with a five point disparity. Um, do you, what do you make of that? Because it was a little bit of a weird thing I saw all over town, basically making a you know five and a half, six point line move three point adjusted from the total on the, the team totals. Yeah, I mean, I think the hook is on that 28 and a half because 29 is a pretty dead number. Um, I guess... 30s so possible but i think that's just what you're looking at is 20 and a half is four touchdowns plus another score yeah because uh, i guess when you when you bring them both down you you couldn't make casey under 28 so basically be 20 the true number should have been like what 28 to 30 like 31 or something like that yeah, what, or yeah whatever it is but yeah it's just um, keep going through key numbers i guess yes yeah, so i think there's first i don't didn't see it but maybe there was some juice one way or the other like minus 120 instead yeah, um, so I didn't look at that. Those but. Instead of going to like 29 and a half, it just wouldn't matter yep. at all. 
Um, I wanted to, before we look at, uh, ahead to the week of Thanksgiving, man, anything last week that you really want to talk about that kind of stuck in when we talk about, um, I know you're much more NFL focused than NCAA, but I'll give you the reins on either NCAA or NFL from last week that really stuck out to you. Um, I mean, some things that come to mind, Chicago, um, really in the driver's seat in the division now was available at 10 to one to start the year. Uh, Pittsburgh absolutely clawing back. I mean, me and you both have talked long talked about road pits or road, um, Ben and road Steelers. Um, obviously didn't get the cover as one of the, the, it was a really tight week. There was, I believe you, you two did this out that there was, um, basically like five games that ended four points or lower. Um, I mean, anything that really stuck out to you, um, when it comes to the, the side or totals on any of this past week and in the NFL, uh, yeah, well, real quick in, in college, UCF stood out to be, uh, yes, uh, it was really, really interesting, but an in NFL, actually I'll go through it real quick. Lions over the Panthers by one Broncos over the chargers by one Texans over the Redskins by two Raiders over the Cardinals by two giants over the bucks by three Ravens over the Bengals by three Cowboys over the Falcons by three Seahawks over the Packers by three Steelers over the Jaguars by four. And then last night, what was that? Uh, what was the final score? 54 51 um, Rams by three. Yeah. So Rams by three. So all those games, it was, uh, all within, you know, one score right at the end of the game. The, the biggest difference in all those games was Steelers Jaguars by four. And that was big Ben running. Well, in. I mean, besides Indianapolis for 28. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Colts by 28 and then uh saints by a hundred. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, just one of the closest weeks in NFL history. Uh, Teasers covered all over the field. Last, yeah, both last sides. Week, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that was really interesting. I'm going to look to see if there's more teaser situations this week. There's, there's one team that I think you're going to love um, as a teaser. Um, and we'll see who else you have, but um, I actually think people are all declaring the Packers dead. I do not think the Packers are dead in any way. Uh, I think in the futures market, there's real opportunity with the Packers um, to, have a relaxed situation or run, run the table situation and I make the playoffs or even win that division. I love it, man. Um, some teams to buy. I really want to talk about this cause I've, uh, I can't quit the Jaguars. They are officially dead to me. Uh, I've said that for a bunch of weeks now, but never again. Um, I backed him in the futures market. I, I finally got off them kind of week to week. Um, Philadelphia, man, I, I really thought there might be some value with them in the NFC East just because I mean, even though they just got killed by a hundred, I mean, at the end of the day, their division leader, uh, pulled a Joe Theismann. Um, so the NFC East is still so wide open and is it time to concede that this division is Dallas's to lose now? Um, I mean, God, when you look at this, the Giants are now, I believe, three games back, um, as crazy as it sounds. Um, so when you look at the NFC East, I think that there's, uh, you know, it's the definition of value. It's definition of wide open. When you look at this, Washington six and four, Dallas five and five, Philadelphia four and six, Giants at three and seven. First to third or first to fourth is a three game set right now. And I think you can pretty much uh, call Washington dead uh, with Colt McCoy at the helm. Um, is there anything that really sticks out to you in terms of, of buying or selling um, teams in the NFC East for a future ticket? I wouldn't call Washington dead only because they have a lead in the division. Um, I don't think they're going to win it at all. One game with Colt McCoy? I don't believe them in them at all, but they do have a one game lead. And these teams are so bad that if they beat, you know, they beat the Giants at home, they beat the Eagles at home, they beat, you know, yep. Tennessee Titans or the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I guess you did in the high end seven. So, um, again, don't trust them at all game to game, but. Can they go three and three down the stretch? It's possible. Um, you know, even two and two, they might win the division eight and eight. So I wouldn't call them dead. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sad division. Um, the Cowboys look like a, a good bet to win this Thursday. 
Um, against Colt McCoy and the Redskins. I mean, Colt McCoy to Adrian Peterson, that's your offense now. And <laughs> wide receivers have gone down left and right all, you know, all year long. Uh, at a certain point, it probably is the breaking point for the Redskins. They just, they are six and six and four still. That division's a joke. Yeah. And when we look at this, man, I mean, how bad do the Chargers feel not being able to knock off Denver? We'll be sitting there tied for the division lead in the AFC West. Just in, classic. Uh, it really is such classic. Classic Chargers. <laughs> I've said it all year. Just never with that team. Never can trust them. Yeah. Just, just, I mean, first game with Bosa back and just absolutely no showed, man. Um, God, you really feel for them. I want to touch on the AFC South. Um, look, smoke and mirrors. Houston gets it done again. Indianapolis, probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. Um, you think Houston hangs on or, I mean, even you can classify Tennessee as, as hot coming into last week before getting absolutely trounced, um, buying any of Houston, Indianapolis or Tennessee. Uh, I don't, well, Tennessee, just sell all your stock in that team. Agree. Goodness gracious. That's over. It's a, it's a two team race. Texans. I think it's some smoke and mirrors too. I don't, I don't trust them in them at all. I'm not the biggest believer in the Colts either is the problem. Um, but I, I have to analyze the schedule more, but maybe some Colts futures market, especially they're a huge favorite this week. So you can, I mean, you can't assume that win for sure, but, um, you want to look ahead a little bit and they get, you know, Jacksonville after that, who struggled. Um, and then it's a big game on the road at Houston. So um, I do believe in them, but they have a problem. If they lose at Houston, then, then they lose the tiebreaker and another game in the standings to them. Uh, if they had a, a home game remaining with the Texans, I'd be a lot more comfortable. Maybe they should have taken that tie after all. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Um, all right, brother. Well, that'll kind of tie a bow on, on the week 11 that was. I mean, we touched on all the big things. I mean, Carolina, look, I really want to – this is the last thing I want to touch on at Harp Home. Carolina is the NFC version of Pittsburgh. You cannot trust them on the road, uh, and you can almost blindly back them at home, um, and I think you're going to do pretty well. The other thing for when it comes to props and DFS, look, man, Lamar Jackson, obviously nobody saw him you know, setting the single uh, – the highest rush attempt for a quarterback ever. Um, but look, Michael Vick was famous for this. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson's rushing prop last week that I got into was 47 and a half. Obviously, you know, finishing over with 117. I don't know if anyone foresaw that. Um, but Lamar Jackson is going to do it with gimmicks. So if you're a prop player out there, a DFS guy, um, I think that Lamar Jackson's really, he's going to be that, you know, what Michael Vick was in the beginning of his career. And, and people really forget what Vick had to work with back then. I mean, Algie Crumpler, um, TJ Duckett, Warwick Dunn. He had a rookie, Roddy White, who I don't know if you remember this. Roddy White used to not be able to catch a cold. I mean, Vick would hit him in yeah. the hands in stride and Roddy White would drop it every single time. There's nothing more infuriating for people that know. Michael Vick has, has long been and always is and always will be my favorite NFL player of all time. And it was maddening for me um, as, you know, a teenage kid, you know, having him on every single fantasy team, watching Roddy White drop everything but getting there with, you know, 130 yards on the ground. Um, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, again, if he's going to get this volume, he's a running back at a quarterback position. So books, it's going to be interesting for where books kind of line this, especially with Oakland coming up next. But um, Lamar Jackson could be kind of prop gold for a little while. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I told everyone to pick him up in their fantasy leagues. Uh, no touchdowns, solid, solid game, just running the ball. And it's also about the carries. Like he didn't just go in the, in the prop market. He didn't just go over his yards. If, I mean, if he went 13 carries for 51 yards and barely went over, you go, well, okay, well, we don't know. But he had, what, 25 carries? 27 like for 117. 27. So um, he has to have a terrible yards per carry, and he still goes over. <laughs> and that's the with, they also had another 100-yard rusher in their backfield uh, with Gus Edwards. Yeah. First of all, who's Gus Edwards? Yeah, I know. Mind? Speaking to someone who was on an Alex Collins prop last week. Yeah. Uh, he came out of nowhere, and I think 
he never had a thousand rushing yards in college or something like, something like that. It was, uh, but hey, he's in the NFL rushing for two touchdowns and almost hundred yards. But uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson in the prop market, I think people are slow to adjust. Um, and it's, he's unlike any other quarterback in the league and you know, get on it. while before it, things change. Completely, man. All right, bro. So let's talk about this Thanksgiving slate. Um, I guess, is there anything you want to, we'll give you the floor, bro. Anything you want to be thankful for for Thanksgiving this year? What do I got out of Yeah, here? of course. I mean, um, this is a good time to plug all your stuff actually. <laughs> well, I mean, there's been a lot of things going on in Southern California and my, my hometown that were negative. Um, you know, I won't get into all, all of it on here and be a downer, but I'm going to be thankful for a, a happy and healthy family. Um, and, and friends and just wish the best uh, for everyone listening to that. All, of course, they have good luck financially and in the betting market, but uh, that you just appreciate what we do have. And uh, sometimes we uh, get jealous of what others have and got to realize happy for what we do have. Um, plug, just follow me on Twitter at Eric Sports. Find my podcast called Cover City. Um, it's on Spotify and a bunch of other places, so you can Search it. It's called, like, again, Cover City. But if you follow me on Twitter, at Eric Sports, um, you'll easily find everything I do. And send me a DM, connect with me, talk. You know, uh, any, anybody who's a fan of Christian uh, will like my stuff. And my, all the people who follow me always like Christian stuff. And even tell me, hey, they liked uh, they like Christian better than me on my podcast. So that should tell you something. But uh, I just appreciate you having me on. And uh, let's have a great Thanksgiving week of gambling. I love it, man. Sometimes there's more think more important things in life than a backdoor cover, and certainly what's going on in California is one of those things. But absolutely couldn't agree more. And and while we're paid to bills, the Inside Vegas podcast and on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by my bookie. MyBookie.ag is always and will always be the official online sports book of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. And with Thanksgiving upcoming, the slate that me and Eric are about to dive into. Have you ever wanted to place a bet, but you didn't because you were afraid that you might pick the wrong team? Well, this Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. With the Turkey Day free play over at MyBookie.ag, you can bet on the spread on either the Bears or Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, MyBookie will give you a money back credit up to $250. You literally cannot lose. It's no risk. Now, listen, I know you guys are going to think about rollovers. You get to roll that two fifty up to 250 over six times. Listen, couldn't be beat. One time rollover. All you're going to do is bet that 250 in play one time and you're going to get your money back in your account. So turkey day rollover over at mybookie.ag. If you're a new subscriber, enter promo code SGP50, 50% deposit bonus, promo code SGP50. All right, man. Well, I guess let's start there with the, the free play, right? Chicago at Detroit. Record this a little early in the week. Uh, Mitch Trubisky looking like so he had it did not practice tag on Monday, which is a little bit funny because the the Bears didn't practice on Monday, but were required to release an injury report. Looking at some stuff out there, some some good sources when it comes to injuries. Uh, they are not looks doesn't look to be as optimistic. Um, I mean the schedule makers did no favors to Chicago, giving them the Sunday night game into Thursday morning at nine thirty. Basically three days, uh, three and a half days to prepare for this game. Um, absolutely brutal when it comes to the scheduling Chicago, four point road favorite at Detroit total sitting at 45 here. Um, I mean, does this handicap, um, is it contingent on Trubisky at, you know, the step down from Trubisky to chase Daniel? Um, or do you kind of lean with Stafford here? I mean, at the end of the day, Stafford is facing another team over 500. Um, and that record now stands, I believe at seven and 66 after their win over Carolina, if Carolina finishes the season over 500, which I'm sure they will. But what do you think about this game? Well, real quick, Carolina's got two games left with the Saints, So that could complicate <laughs> things for them. But, uh, 
I really like Detroit, and you hit on the reason is the, is the schedule. Um, you hear a lot of times people complain about the Thursday Thursday night games or whatever, and now Detroit goes or sorry, Chicago goes from Sunday night game, and it was flexed into that spot. So that's the only reason it's a Sunday night game to a Thursday morning game on the road, and it's the quickest turnaround you can have. And I don't know if NFL bodies are, are fully ready for it. So I, I think if you just look at the numbers. Um, they're going to make it fair what the spread should be. You got to take into account the, you know, in my opinion, the Bears on the road not being physically ready for that. So uh, I think plus four, actually four and a half pop up. I guess that people are going to bet the favorites going into Thanksgiving morning, and I, I like the line to the cover. Interesting, man. I mean, again, look, coming off a, a week where everything was so close, um, I don't know if you know maybe play some recency bias and people, you know. Uh, pointing towards, you know, points being more valuable. I mean, there's certainly going to be those weeks. Um, I mean, again, you know, my affinity for, for the thesis of the spread, not mattering. I didn't go back and look at what this week was. Um, but I mean, a 15% liking or 15% coming into last week. Um, interesting to say the least. Look the, to me, uh, you know, I, I don't think Mr. Bisky, I, I at least didn't think he was long for this league. Um, at this point, I think it's, you know, a lot of naggy. I think that it's innovative offenses. And, you know, at the end of the day, Jared Goff may not be the most talented quarterback, but when you have those weapons in that scheme and one of the best head coaches around you, um, Chicago is a little bit of the, you know, in that mold when it comes to innovation, obviously Chicago is built much differently, um, to play defense and just kind of, you know, quote unquote game manage on that side. Uh, look, it, it, it's the trade off a win. Um, Chicago, it's two teams that are in a little bit, you know, tricky situations. There's a bunch of trends and stuff that point towards why you should avoid Stafford against a good team and the scheduling conflict of Chicago. So it's a little bit of which one you, you, you lean towards more. Um, and so gun to head here, uh, I would probably take the points as well. Um, it's just, if this, what is, do you think the spread moves a ton? If Trubisky's out and chase Daniels in? Oh yeah. The spread will move, uh, you know, a lot. If it's chase Daniels over seven, or I'm sorry, you think, um, down through three. Yeah, down to a three for sure. Yeah. It will go down to three if Trubisky's out. But uh, I, what I've seen, he's probably going to play. Yeah, a little bit weird there. Um, I mean, probably more of a prop game to me there. Um, it's the first one. I mean, uh, uh, do you bet the NBA at all? I do. Um, have you have you kind of gotten into the one of my favorite bets of this of the uh, NBA season? And uh, I kind of pick and choose my thoughts with NBA very selective. But my favorite plays degenerates of the the world may know this. Um, have you heard of the Christmas Christmas Day unders in NBA's? Uh, it sounds familiar. Uh, please update me. Yeah. So the thought process basically is that, you know, when you much like March madness, right. Um, when you get players out of their routines, you're playing early on Christmas day, they want to get out of there. They want to go be with their families. They're playing morning when they're not used to playing morning. Basically it's the only time all year they play in the mornings. Um, and so first half and full game unders last year, uh, was, it was three, and know, first half under, um, with, or four and oh, if they had four games, it was a, it was a complete sweep. Um, and the full game unders, I believe, were, I think, three and one. There was one that f full game. Um, it might have been 100% across the board. But it's traditionally a, a very, it's a, it's a pretty much a lock. Um, two years ago, it was really bad. But before that, over the past five years, it hits traditionally about 75% for NBA Christmas Day unders. It just, it's when you get people out of their rhythm. I subscribe to that a little bit when it comes to um, Thanksgiving uh, and, and stuff like that. But the, the tough thing here is that, uh, Detroit always plays on Thanksgiving. Stafford always plays there. So they're kind of used to it. Um, but I would look towards, you know, maybe a first half under game script. Chicago doesn't have a ton of time for preparation. Neither team does. So stick to their game script. Um, and unless you can get some defensive touchdowns, I think this is more of an under game for sure. Um, speaking to a next under game, uh, Washington at Dallas, Dallas, currently a seven and a half point favorite. Never thought we'd see the day there. It's total sitting at a nice big 10, 40 and a half. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here and say, you're looking towards a teaser leg. 
Yeah, I don't know if I trust Dak Prescott, <laughs> Jason Garrett on the teaser, honestly. Yep. Um, so I, I just won't pull the trigger at the end. It's probably a good bet. Um, I just, it's my Thanksgiving. I don't want to watch Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott and have to worry about that and Garrett clapping as, you know, they, they throw it <laughs> a short dump off on third and 11 and Jason Garrett claps as the team runs off the field. I just stress out. So uh, I, I will stay away, but I think it is a, a teaser, long teaser situation for Dallas. Yep, it is 40 and a half. Uh, makes that applicable, minus one and a half for Dallas. You take your life in your own peril when you tease Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett, as you touched on. Again, uh, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but I think both of these are, are kind of uh, dead nuts under games here. What Dallas first half under has been traditionally a very, very good bet. Um, all right, so opposite here. From two games that I don't think people really care much about is the, the fact that it's on the TV. Atlanta heads to New Orleans, total sitting at a whopping 60, probably definitely the highest total when it comes to a Thursday game ever. New Orleans currently a 13-point favorite. As I touched on, I just want to reiterate this stat because it, it it's mind-blowing and it does apply here. 13 games in NFL history to close 58 or higher. Record now sits at 10-2-1. Um, is it a blind uh, overplay uh, and walk away and root for some points on Thanksgiving with the rest of Joe Public? Or what do you think here? As well as the side. I think it is. Um, again, I don't know what the chances are it goes over, but I think it's over 50% for sure. Um it, historically just it's been proven and we just saw there's no no matter how high they made that total it was going over that wasn't going to be 105 80 points the, the last two times that these teams played there's about what there was 80 points the last two te- uh, times that these two teams played yeah and i don't know just you can't really you can't bet the enders in these games uh, it's just a different nfl it's not the nfl of 1999 or even 2009 or even 2016 uh because teams are just throwing the ball all over the field, scoring touchdowns in one second. The Saints went went for it on fourth and seven, like a 40-point lead. You saw that, right? Yeah, just I don't know what Doug Peterson did. I, yeah, I don't know who he pissed off, but a fourth and seven threw a touchdown to Camara. It was just like, Jesus, guys. A fourth and seven bomb. Uh, and that is not how... Why do you think they did that? I've heard a bunch of different takes on this. One was just that they're the Super Bowl champs. They want to absolutely, you know get their dick shown into the, or uh, shove their dick into the ground or, or whatever the case may be. Um, Whoa. I didn't know we could talk like that on this podcast. Oh yeah, man. We're, we're mature audiences over here. All right. Well, maybe I'll change my tune the rest of the rest. <laughs> No, but I mean, seriously, what, what do you make of the absolute shit kicking that was New Orleans, um, you know, running, blatantly say it, running up the score uh, on Philadelphia? Yeah. I mean, they just score like every single time they have a ball. Um, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I think they have the highest percentage of drives to end in points like of all time right now. Um, you, you can't bet the under until things change. It looks like just historical data. You, you, that's what bookmakers use. And there's no historical data of teams going for it in those situations. And I think it was less about, um, who the Eagles were. And I think more about just who Sean Payton is. And that's what, that's how they're going to play football. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's how they play football in 2018, and we have to adjust. Look, in the the book. yeah, look in the professional ranks. I, I've long been a proponent of this. You don't like somebody scoring on you. Stop. You're pre, you're paid to do a job on both sides of the ball. Um, you should go into the whistle. And that's not to say, you know, I'm sitting here rooting for as, as a gambler or whatever the case may be. Um, New Orleans is coming off a pretty bad beat. If you were like me and had the over in that Philadelphia Saints game, uh, losing by two points. Um, hey, who knows? Um, side in total here. You think New Orleans covers the 13? Uh, I gotta stay away. After 13 is too high, but also it just 
that's what I, that's what I thought the spread should have been against Philadelphia. Um, and I think that it's kind of corrected to the point of that's what it should be at Atlanta. I think a team total over for the saints makes a ton of sense here. Yeah. I, I gotta stop I, living in the past where you would take <laughs> Atlanta plus 13 and a heartbeat, 16 and a half total at the Westgate. Like, I don't know. Uh, I'm just kind of flabbergasted as a 13 point spread. Yeah. Again, that's really what I, I kind of made the, the last one um, between the saints and Philadelphia. And this one to me is, is probably right where it should be under two touchdowns Atlanta. I mean, you talk about a letdown spot or not a letdown spot, but just much like Jacksonville. I think that that last game was effectively their season. Um, and so how much motivation do you really have to, you know, get up and, and, and bring your a game on, on a Thursday night, uh, knowing that your season is really kind of over here, but, um, that'll kind of do it for the Thanksgiving to say, we're not going to go into everything on the Sunday, but I really want to you know dive into what, you know, kind of fits your handicapping style. Um, before you do that, as always brought to you by odd shark, get free picks from the supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as data driven editorial content that you cannot, and will not find anywhere else. Get trends and betting stats from their supercomputer. Follow them on Twitter at OddShark and check them out at OddShark.com. Um, so let's do this, man. I'm going to give you the floor. Is there any kind of a couple of, we'll pick out maybe three or four games on Sunday. We don't got to go too, too long. Um, that kind of just really outlines your handicapping style, whether it be film-based, power rankings, numbers, props, uh, totals, whatever the case may be um, on this Sunday slate, um, top to bottom. I'm going to give you the floor for any game that kind of uh, piqued your interest for Sunday already. Well, I love seven-point Wong teasers bringing yes. uh, the a team from minus nine and a half to minus two and a half. Every single one I've given out this year has covered has won. Um, even three teamers. I did a five teamer one week that, uh, that hit, uh, haven't lost a single one. I've given out on my podcast and that we've discussed. So, um, the new England Patriots are in that situation this week, minus nine and a half to minus two and a half. Uh, I was wondering if you have a second team that you like, um, the Colts are up there, um, as an option, uh, you know, it's like an eight point favorite at home. I don't know if Tannehill or Brock Osweiler. That line's actually start. out to 10 right now. Oh, uh, you see it up at 10. So I think if there is somewhere, um, and I'm sure there's somewhere where you can grab nine and a half still, uh, I think at a couple places that that's a really good second option. Um, I wanted to see if, if you like that second option or if um, you, I guess, were even in with me on the Patriots because I'm sure you are. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, always. It, it's the Jets. It's Sam Darnold, uh, a rookie quarterback in division. Um, New England off a loss. I mean, a loss and then a buy is... They uh, they can't make this this game kind of uh, high enough when it comes to a spread perspective for New England. Um, I just... I really don't see... New England's not losing two straight in the second leg to the Jets uh, after Tennessee. It's a little bit hard of a teaser week when you look at these teams. Um you want to you want to tease Philadelphia down right now that the way that they're playing, um, and, and even something to be said for the way that the Giants are playing. Um, I can't get on board with that. You look at the Chargers minus minus twelve down to minus six. Um, okay, uh, Indianapolis right down to minus four. Not getting a ton of value there. Um, well, I, so, I would think a seven point teaser makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, you get New England <clears throat> from nine and a half. Yeah, and, and then you want to put Indianapolis to. Um, yeah, it's hard to, depending on where the line is um, for Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, get both, both of them from nine and a half to two and a half to make a lot of sense. Yep, completely on board with that. Let's go. Um, I mean, yeah, again, Je- Patriots over Jets all day long, I think, kind of goes without and saying. Market, uh, real quick, is Josh Allen going to start for Buffalo this week? Um, that is a very good question. As of right now, uh, the last thing I read was Matt Barkley is still going to start. Allen's still not ready off the elbow. 
Okay, well, I got some incorrect news that said Josh Allen is probable, but I don't know why, where that came from. So um, I, I haven't looked enough into that game. Honestly, it's a total of 37 and a half. Some games I just I don't want to ruin my weekend on. I wind up looking into it. If someone that I trust like you uh, has an opinion or a side, then I'll start to dive into it. But uh, games like that, I one game a week, I'll just be like, I, I, for my health and sanity, I'm not going to watch this game. Uh, Packers in the futures market. Uh, I like them a lot. Uh, if you look at their upcoming schedule, um, it's really easy. I think even if they lose, they play the Vikings on Sunday night. Even if they lose, I think they're still in fine shape for the playoffs. Uh, and if they win, um, they're in just absolutely incredible shape going forward. To pull up their schedule um, right now. But uh, I like, do, do you have any odds on the Packers to win the division, make the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, anything, anything like that? Yeah, so I'm actually a little bit opposite with you in this camp. Same thought process, just opposite teams. I backed Minnesota um, pretty heavily to win their division prior to this Chicago Bears game. Now, obviously, that sets it back, um, and Minnesota does have a little bit of a tougher uh, upcoming schedule. This Packers game, much like the Bears game, this two-week stretch is absolutely crucial for Minnesota, and they have to at least split now. But the same thing could be said for Green Bay after losing to Seattle. When you look at Minnesota, their schedule, a little, like I said, a little bit tougher, right? You have Green Bay, you have at New England, you have at Seattle. It, you do close with three cupcakes, um, Dolphins and Lions, and I'm sorry, um, two cupcakes, Dolphins, Lions, and then you get you get Bears at home off a rematch in a matchup that they do traditionally split on. So if you can get those last three, including a a, a win at the Bears week 17 or versus the Bears, um, it definitely, to me, there's just a lot more talent on uh, Minnesota than there is Green Bay. When you look at Green Bay's schedule, look at Vikings this week that you touched on, then you have Cardinals, Falcons, Bears, uh, at Jets and Lions. So definitely the favorable schedule does break towards um, Green Bay, and they already do have a tie-breaking win over Chicago week one of the NFL season. Well, uh, one thing is tiebreakers won't come into effect because uh, the Packers and Vikings oh, do have tied, that. right, yep. Yeah, um, but there. This is, I, I got to disagree with you in, in NFC North. I think I know. I think I know well. Um, what what win can you really give the Vikings at home versus the Packers on Sunday night? Kirk Cousins Sunday night football. Aaron Rodgers in a must win. Can't give him that win at New England. Nope. You're someone who always takes New England. Yep. You definitely can't give him that win at Seattle. Yep. Someone who's on the Seattle over. Yeah. Give him that win. But I I will give him that win. At Seattle, I, I give him at Sunday Seattle. Football in yep. Seattle, Kirk Cousins, you're just gonna give him the win. Yep. I mean, I can say, I, I can say. I'm not saying it's a lock of the century. I'm just saying it's it's over 50 percent probability to me. I mean, you were talking locks. I'm giving them Dolphins. I'm giving them Lions. And believe it or not, I'm gonna give them Bears at home because they always always. I think they've split the last like four years in a row in that okay. matchup. Okay. Real quick, so you're taking over under two and a half wins versus Dolphins at Lions versus Bears. You're taking over two and a half. To go three and zero. I mean, give me give me two and a half on Seattle Dolphins Lions instead. But yes, I would take it either way. Oh man, I'm not taking either of those. <laughs> I'm taking it under on both. I know. I mean, look, the book, the Sean on the SGP has really harped on this, right? You back cousins, uh, in the 10 AM time slot against non-division opponents when there's no pressure, much like Andy Dalton, uh, and you fade him every single time he's in prime time. Uh, you got, you got it's, one, it's come in. You got one of those games left. Yeah, in the, I know it. So and look, I, I get it, man. It, you got five fades <laughs> in one, in one go with him. And I then get Packers, it. Packers versus Arizona. That's a win. Yep. Versus Atlanta. They should win. Versus Detroit. I don't know if you can win. give them Atlanta, but okay. You can't give them Atlanta, but it's a home game. It's Atlanta Rogers at home. Yep. Um, he's got versus Arizona versus Atlanta and versus Detroit. I, those are three probable wins at the Jets. What about the Jets? Yeah. 
And then the Jets Chicago, more, obviously, that's a tough game. But year after year after year after year, Rodgers yanks the heart out of <laughs> big opponents in big games. The thing is, though, is that if Green Bay wins, uh, it almost helps uh, Minnesota just as much if they knock off the Bears in that situation. Yeah. Depending on what happens this week. It does. I just think uh, Packers are, even if they lose this game, they can finish 9-6-1. Nine, nine, if they win this game, they can definitely finish 9-6-1. Yep. Um, I really like them to make the playoffs. Another big reason that I think they're going to make the playoffs or that they can make the playoffs is actually, different than, than division. I'm completely on board with a make the playoffs ticket. Yeah. Maybe okay. We're on board with that. I think a big reason that people are realizing is, is the dominance of the saints and the dominance of the Rams. And that could surprise people. Like, what are you talking about? What's that have to do with the Packers making the playoffs? Well, if teams are more bunched up, then uh, it, it's harder at the bottom, you know, the, the fifth, or sixth place, the wild card games to make the playoffs. But like the saints have the Falcons, Cowboys and Carolina twice left. If the saints are to lose those games, that puts Carolina, Dallas and Atlanta in better position to make the playoffs. The saints just steamroll all them. That's two losses for Carolina and losses for those other teams, knocking them even lower in the standings. And then it's the same thing um, with the Rams, their dominance. You can't just give them the wins. Yeah. Um, of course, but you project, Okay, who do the Rams play like left? 16. They play Detroit. You, I mean, they're probably not in it, but they play at Chicago. You know, that's a, a Bears team that should lose that game um, when you normally would think, oh, a home Bears team having a good season would win. Well, they'll just get um, beat be down by the Rams and it puts Packers and I guess the Vikings too in better position to, to win that division. Completely agree with you, man. Um, I don't think it's chalk the rest of the way uh, when it comes to some of these division leaders. And the same thing can be said on the AFC side when you look at uh, Pittsburgh, New England, and Kansas City. The rest of the field's very much matched up, which is such a disservice. I, again, going back to what San, um, LA Chargers just did is is so brutal to to look back on. I know it's a divisional matchup, but just that's yeah, what they do. Honestly, they weren't going to win the division either way. Like That's just typical Chargers. If it didn't happen, then it was going to happen later. So just be bad. That Chargers fans be happy. You got your heart ripped out a little early. You didn't have to stress, um, you know, week 17 or some nonsense. And then you lose on like a fourth and 40 seconds. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're still the number down. one wild card spot right now. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Agree, man. I want to touch on this game because I think that maybe we are going to disagree. I feel like you may take the points here. Uh, Cleveland Browns, uh, three point underdogs against Cincinnati Bengals. This Bengals team without AJ green is a disaster. However, there's a difference between the Browns covering these seven to 10 point spreads that they were doing at the beginning of the season to spreads, basically, you know, under three under, you know, trending towards pick that type of stuff here. Um, any feel on Cleveland versus Cincinnati, this matchup usually, um, pass has always been about a, you know, if the Cincinnati Baltimore and Pittsburgh matchups were always three and a hook, you know, three, three and a half. You always took the dog and the hook and you trust you did very well. This one was always seven, you know, Cleveland versus those, uh, same divisional matchups and the favorite ran away with this different Cleveland team this year. No doubt about it though. Um, yeah. Anything on this game that you like real quick, AJ Green, he, he wasn't going to play, but he did warm up. Um, to see if his toe would be able to make it last week. Yeah, excuse me. Promise to think he maybe will play this week, but I don't know about that. Um, one concern for for Cleveland has to be that their their former genius head coach is now yes. assistant to the regional manager or whatever in <laughs> Cincinnati. 
Yeah, look, Michael Scott is over on the sidelines giving out pl- the whole playbook, I would assume. Um, you saw this with Demarius Thomas, and you know, at the end of the day, it does make a difference. And obviously, they're going to change a bunch of signals. They're going to change everything that they can, but the playbook is still largely intact, what, two weeks or three weeks after he's been removed. So, uh, yeah, definitely a little bit of a concern here. Cincinnati is desperate for a win um, at 5-5. Five and five. Cleveland, 3-6-1. and one. Look, at the end of the day, this is still a rebuilding Cleveland team. Um, I don't know if I could take Cleveland plus three in a divisional matchup that is basically Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati to win. But at the end of the day, what do you think, Eric? Should we place a little bit on the uh, game will go to overtime? That, I don't even know what the odds are, but yes. It's got to be that. probably four, five, six to one, as it always is. Uh, or even more, but yeah, I'm, I'm on game of good overtime with the Browns, sure. <laughs> I love it. Let's play that. Um, I, did, I had a chance, 18 to one, Rams versus, sorry, Ravens versus Browns, and I didn't do it to go to overtime. Oh, God, man. These divisions, we're, we're going to play that this week. That's going to work. I'm sick of, of not winning money on Cleveland being this stupid, scroungy underdog uh, that inevitably finds a way to lose on the money line, but does some stuff out there. I can't get behind covering them with points because I just I, I can't do it, but I think that's a fun way to get behind this Cleveland team a little bit. Um, look, two teams that are, um, I feel like this this may, may mirror the. Um, Pittsburgh and Carolina game when we had road Carolina home Pittsburgh. Now we get road Seattle home Carolina, Carolina laying just over a field goal at three and a half here. Um, do you share my sentiments that this is Seattle is the definition of an eight and eight team. I know one of my bigger bets this year was Seattle over eight, but half of the reason I did that was that I felt like it was a push at worst. And this team was just so eight and eight Seattle coming off a win Carolina, um, needing a, a win to somewhat key pace, um, at least in the wild card six and four. Um, I really like this situational spot for Carolina laying minus three and a half here. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be great to get a minus three somewhere. Uh, I think uh, it opened at minus three. Yeah. I'll, I'll take minus three minus three, minus one twenty instead for sure. Uh, Seattle has a little extra rest. They beat the Packers last week, but they didn't deserve that win. And just Mike McCarthy being an idiot, um, as he always is. So, uh, you know, I, I like Carolina. I don't trust Seattle. I haven't trusted them all year. I know you've been on them and I've had some good wins. Um, but yeah, I think the Panthers are in a kind of a must win situation. If they want to make any noise. People are talking about them at like Super Bowl contenders, but if they don't win this game, you look ahead. And I think I told you earlier on the podcast, they have two games remaining against the saints. Like you're praying for a one and one yeah. two games against the saints. And um, at the Browns is no longer a free win. Uh, I don't even know. They're not going to be more than three point favorites at the Browns, right? So this is you lose this game, you fall to six and five. There's two Saints games; they could be lost six and seven. Uh, and I don't know that they are in a pretty big, pretty big of a must win. Yeah, completely agree. I want to touch on this total as you did with um, talking about Josh Allen. Look, there's never. I, I know I just said I have to quit them, um, so I have not placed this bet. So full disclosure: Jacksonville laying only three on the road at Buffalo. Total thirty seven and a half. Look. I have really blacklisted myself from ever taking the Jacksonville Jaguars again. Um, but there, if you were going to do it, this is most likely the spot to do it. Um, do you agree here with Jacksonville or do you just take the under and walk away? Oh, God, I, it, I, what I say on this, make a big bet on this game. Fine. Don't make like a $20 bet on this game. <laughs> yeah. Just don't because that is not, even if you're going to win for sure, it is not worth watching. If it's Josh Allen or, God forsake it's Matt Barkley. You have to watch what happens. And like, I don't know. I, if you're going to make a big bet, fine. Do not bet little amount of money in this game. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Not worth, not worth the time as an ROI here. Um, 
Last two, a couple of big spreads here. Indianapolis minus 10 and Chargers minus 12. Arizona losing outright um, to an Oakland team that is what I thought was visibly trying to tank. Um, Josh Rosen, uh, God, man, the pick six uh, in the beginning of the game to go down 7 nothing really, really kind of screwed them. They never got up off the floor. And does Indianapolis deserve to be laying 10 to anyone right now? Traditionally, the data shows one of these two will not cover and one will. Um, you have any idea which one? I will have no part in the lot. Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> right, right. I don't know if they're they might win this game like forty-seven to three, or to lose in like mystifying fashion where they still replay it ten years later. Like, how do they lose that game? You don't know. Uh, I just want no part of that at all. This, have you ever seen a, a spread of twelve? Yeah, anyway, very very weird kind of dead number here. I, I just well, you know what like, it is. It's it's accounting for Chargers missing two extra points. I'm not even kidding. Right. This is like. I think that's what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just not. They're going to go for two or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not betting on the spread. That, betting on the spread at twelve anyway. It's just weird. Staying away. <laughs> that God. is. That's a Too fucking. Many that's week. a troll job from an odds maker right there. It was better, but yeah. Um. Yeah, we touched on the marquee matchup. Sounds like we're a little bit opposite here again. I'm not running to the window with a Minnesota ticket. You really feel strongly about Green Bay. I would definitely side with you on this one. Uh, Monday night. Tennessee heads to Houston off the board right now from uh, due to Mariota. I'll tell you one thing here. Malcolm Butler again coming through for us, <laughs> cashing a, another wide receiver opposite him in the prop market. T.Y. Hilton absolutely exploding. Um, huge DFS day, huge prop day. Everything T.Y. Hilton. And his reward is he's going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, same rules apply here. I don't, I don't know. I mean, that may be kind of my only bet at this point. These are two smoke and mirrors teams, um, two teams that I really don't trust. At the end of the day, I, I do trust Houston, especially with Mariota out a little bit more than Tennessee. But Tennessee shows up in these these road spots. You do not expect them to win. So to me, this is DeAndre Hopkins over in the prop market and a walk away. Well, yeah, I'm fine with that. Malcolm Butler, I, I said last week, uh, you said you'd demote him to second wide receiver. I said, I, I totally disagree. I'd demote him to practice squad Yeah, because um, he's that bad. Uh, I agree with you there, and who knows about Mariota, the injury. I'm not sure at this point. Can't really speak to that. Um, I do like the Packers' money line. To back it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, that's just – it's just a good bet. Like There is a greater than, what, 45% chance the Packers win this game. They might lose. They might lose by seven and not cover, but they are – their money line, their chances to win this game are over 45% for sure. I think over 50, but that's arguable. Uh, but take the Packers money line. If, if you bet this situation every time with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to win overall. I, I don't know if it'll be this week, but continue to bet the situation. Um, don't go take out a second mortgage to bet it. It's just a situation where, hey, you blindly bet this over and over, like that Stafford bet, like you said, yeah. you're going to win money over time. And I think Packers money lines on uh, Sunday night is one of those situations. Not a bad thing to to put in your portfolio is Aaron Rodgers at plus money. That's for sure. Although Thursday night, it did not work out for him. Um, last thing, as always, brought to you by Profit. If you are tired of having no true hedging option and are looking to always guarantee yourself an immediate profit, we are introducing Bet Profit. Tired of having no true hedging option? Now you can. Profit calculates the optimal selling price and percentage for your bet, making it a no-brainer. Profit allows you to sell whatever percentage of your bet you want in seconds, guaranteeing profit while you also keep your original skin in the game. Profit is modeled after financial trading platforms, allowing users to see trends, stats, news, and media related to their bets, all on a more modern, user-friendly platform. It's the one-stop shop for hedging your bets. Again, sign up today for early access at Bet Profit. 
bet.co. Um, it's kind of it, man. Let's do, let's roll with a consensus best bet here. Let's, we haven't talked off air, so I'm going to see what we line up on. We're a little bit opposite on Minnesota. Um, we could go to Hopkins. Um, I believe that we did this week too, which is the only week that fucking George Kittle did not cash his prop over. Of course, when we did this one, um, we could go with Hopkins or you want to do a teaser. Um, I like, I do like Hopkins a lot. Um, like that's my favorite bet. Um, cause you brought it up, but I think a teaser is there a se- second leg with the Patriots. Do you like let's, uh, you don't want chargers. You want to go Indy minus three. Uh, I mean, I argue I can get Indy down to two and a half somewhere. Okay. Well, the two and a half. Let me, you know what? Let me look around. I don't want to do a disservice. So I'm going to give out the line, of course, on mybookie.ag, and we're going to go off of that one. Okay. Sure. I got to, you got to plug something else now while I look this up. Oh yeah. Well, again, follow me on Twitter at Eric sports. If, if you don't like following me, I will guarantee you your money back. hundred percent money back guarantee. Follow me on Twitter at Eric sports. Uh, but all jokes aside, send me a DM, send me a Twitter message that, you know, Christian, you listen to his podcast. Um, we'll become friends, uh, <laughs> at least on Twitter and, uh, hope some new people, uh, I learned to interact with. Of course. All right. Indianapolis Colts. Is this line not up right now? Oh, all right. We got a minus nine on mybookie.ag minus one Oh five. All right. So we can get, uh, are the Patriots nine and a half or nine there? Patriots are nine and a half. All right. So we got a seven point teaser Patriots to two and a half Colts to two. Both teams win by three or more. And we, uh, take a victory. I love it, bro. Bonus bet, DeAndre Hopkins, but the, the over yards, but the consensus best bet for the Thanksgiving week of NFL. Anything you want to give out for Thursday as a, a best look for you? I like the Lions. I think uh, Lions first quarter or first half is an interesting bet um, for the reasons we talked about. Uh, the, the body clocks and just like, like quick turnaround. And I think uh, the, I like the Lions in the game too, but I think first half, uh, if you can get if there's a plus three that pops up. I think that's an incredible bet. Um, and I think you might be able to, to get that. And uh, it, it's up there right now. Some places my bookie is a plus three lines. First half. You can check. Uh, let me pull up first half. Sorry. Sure. So sorry to make everyone wait right here, but I think it's a really good value. bet. Chicago uh, Detroit Lions uh, first half plus three minus minus one twenty. Yeah. I love that bet. I mean, there are three and a half point underdogs for the game. Yeah. Three in the first half is too high. And then also it'll be it's an early morning start for the Bears on the road after Sunday night football. Uh, that's my uh I love that bet. Awesome, bro. Well again, man, can't thank you for for taking the time out of your your Thanksgiving week to hang with me and talk some NFL. As always, guys, cover city is the podcast at Eric Sports on Twitter. Um again, so much amazing stuff, so much amazing content you guys are doing over there. So can't say enough good things, bro. Um again, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, man. And I hope you have a profitable uh and delicious turkey Thursday, bro. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, and to all the inside of Vegas listeners. <laughs>